0: Mother, Oreo smoothie now. From Studio 537, this is The Duder Podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, live from the Delta House on Cornelia Street in Hicksville, Ohio, you've tuned in to The Duder Podcast. So what do you know? We go away for a while, and now we're about to roll out our third episode in seven days. That's pretty good for us. Uh, yes, we're back in Adam here again, winding down our weekend. And I know I, for those of you who follow me on TikTok and you uh, were able to see my teaser today, uh, this is a pretty damn good weekend. <laughs> uh, I am flying solo tonight, mostly because I'm pretty sure everybody else is just recuperating. Um, yeah, great weekend. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Reconnecting with people I hadn't seen in a long time. And, you know, it just, uh, nothing but smiles all weekend, except for yesterday, felt a little rough. But, yeah, either way. So, give you a little rundown. So, Friday, um, I met the Mets family. Yes, that that Mets family, Curtis uh, and his brothers, um, and me and Bodine and T Row went over and we, had a good time and uh, we took her, took her a little deep. I woke up on Curtis's couch the next morning. So uh, we also took it responsibly. Um, but yeah, just a, just a night of laughs and just having a great time. Uh, and then, so yeah, Saturday we went to, uh, now I'm not f- completely familiar with the whole Fort Wayne scene, but there's uh, this uh, it's arena bar and grill really neat place. Um, T. Rowe and I met um, Teak, you know who she is. Ever heard of her? And uh, and and Kate, um, one of our old friends, we met over there. And um, and Bodine and his woman met us over there too. And uh, uh, we just, it was neat because we walk in the door and like we immediately see people we know. La, Bob and Nikki were there, and Hoss and. The shocks and the slatteries. It was it was neat to just talk to them for a little bit too. And then we, um, then I ran into some friends of mine from the lakes from the lake, Doug and Marcy McKinley. And I haven't seen them since Labor Day, Um, so it was really neat to catch up. And we had fun. And then Tom and I stopped at Pine Valley Bar on the way home, and Curtis and Kirsten show up about ten minutes into it. So we just a night of laughs. We had a lot of good fun, relaxing. Um, just a fun, fun weekend, and I I hope for many more of these as we go forward in this new adventure. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was the weekend, and uh, yeah, I'm alive, which is good. Um, a little dehydrated, but we'll, we'll we'll get back into that. That's what Monday through Thursdays for to rehydrate. I do have plans to meet up with the elusive LK in a couple of days. Uh, he and I are gonna. We haven't really touched base much since Christmas, so. Um, yeah. Uh, just kind of trying to stay alive today, but yeah, we've got uh, a neat episode tonight. Um, I will be joined, um, later on in the episode, um, by a gentleman who was one of my first bosses. Um, and he is the associate athletic director for media relations at the university of Toledo. Paul Helgren will be joining us. Um, And this is going to be, and I'm going to have to be probably semi-serious during that one because, you know, Paul's a professional um, and he's just a really dynamite guy. Um, And I know he and I haven't really talked a lot in the last 20 years, but yeah, it was about 20 years ago that I worked for him and probably the coolest job I'll ever have. Um, But uh, yeah, so we'll be joined by him. So we've got the, the NFL playoffs going on. The Chargers blew a huge lead last night. Um, And they dropped that one. Um, I don't like this whole spacing out of the games. Um, I understand it's for TV purposes, but, you know, we came, the Dolphins and Bills, I think just got done like an hour ago, if that. And they had to push the start time of the Giants and Vikings back like 20 minutes if that game goes like the bills and dolphins did the night game tonight might not start until 10 o'clock. And then we've got a Monday night playoff game. I just, I don't like it. I mean, those of you who have listened for a long time know that I'm quite the traditionalist for the most part. Um, and it's not that I don't like change. It's just that, you know, for TV's sake, I mean, why didn't they just play more games yesterday? you know what I mean? Get them all, get them all to, instead of pushing one to Monday night. It just didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And now the Cowboys play 815 tomorrow night. Like I'm going to be up for the end of that game. We, The Cowboys have a chance to win a playoff game for the first time in a long time. And here I am not going to be able to see it because it, eh, maybe I will. Who knows? You just, you just never know. So yeah, we'll take a little break here. Um, and we'll get Paul in here, and yeah, I hope a uh, lot of lot of ni- nice, neat conversation with Paul because, you know, with his job, it's you know he's in the sports, you know, at the the media side of things and the organization of it, and just um, it's hard to explain unless you've actually lived it. But I mean, just the, I don't know, I get starstruck. So. I mean, it's probably a lot cooler to me than it is to him. And I think when I initially reached out to him, I said, hey, you know, I kind of want to bring on some interesting people onto the podcast. And he said, why did you text me? <laughs> so anyway, so we'll take a little break here. We'll come back and we'll be joined by tonight's guest. Uh, stick around. You're listening to the Duder Podcast. Welcome back to the Duter Podcast. Um, proud to be joined by... Like I said in the first segment, one of my first bosses, um, who I think quite possibly has one of the coolest jobs ever, um, he is the associate athletic director for media relations at the University of Toledo. Mr. Paul Helgren, welcome to the podcast, Paul.
1: Hey, thanks, Rob. Glad to be here.
0: Um, You may not think your job is as cool as I think it is, but so I'm going to go back about 20, 21, 22 years. Um, I was a student at UT paying my own way through school. I needed a job and I'm just happened to be walking through the student union. And I see a flyer hanging up on the wall and it says, are you interested in sports? Give us a call. So I called Paul and the rest was history. That was, uh, I still tell people to this day, that was the most fun job I'd ever had uh, probably ever will have. Um,
1: yeah. you you made about what? 85 cents an hour, I think. uh,
0: 425, I believe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But the perks were, you know, getting to watch football games in the press box and basketball games on press row and in the press box at the softball and baseball games, which back then, I don't know, I've not been to the softball field since I left there, and but it's got to probably be a little bit better facility than it used to be.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, we are building a brand new press box as we speak at our softball field, which will debut... uh, in about two months or so over at Scott Park. So we're excited about that.
0: When I worked those games, I did the PA and we used a bullhorn. Yeah. That's what our PA was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we've come so, a long way, baby.
0: So most of our Paul, most of our, our listeners, I believe, are all Ohio State fans. Believe it or not, Paul's a graduate of the University of Michigan. Go so blue. Paul, tell us, tell us, tell us. So how did you get into what it is, what you're doing today.
1: Well, I, I went to school. Uh, I grew up in Michigan. was always a University of Michigan fan. My dad and I loved Michigan football, listening to the games. Uh, TV was very limited. So we listened to Bob Ufer on the radio. And uh, that was kind of my dream school. You know, I wanted to go to Michigan and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, what I wanted to major in. I just knew I liked to write and I like sports. So uh, at my dorm freshman year, they had a, a flyer came up on the wall, not maybe not too dissimilar from you saying, um, uh, got people from the Michigan Daily, the student newspaper will be coming to the dorm on such and such time if you want to meet them and find out what it's all about, then come down to this lounge. And I did. And I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try. And uh, so I just showed up and I said, yeah, I think I want to work sports. So they said, "Okay, here you go. Here's your first job," and it went from there. My first assignment, if you can believe it, the Detroit Pistons used to give us credentials uh, to the Michigan Daily. They'd give us two credentials every home game, and they said, "And you said you can go, you can go cover a Pistons game if you want." I was like, "Yeah." (laughs) So, very first thing freshman year, I got to go cover a Pistons game. Now, it wasn't always like that. I had to cover uh, field hockey and you know, all sorts of sports before I I got to get up and cover Michigan basketball and football. But but it was a great experience. Uh, I decided I wanted to be a sports writer. I wanted to be the next Mike Downey, who was a big sports columnist for the Detroit Free Press. And um, I graduated. And by the time I graduated, I wasn't so sure what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, I really, I think I'm going to go to law school. So I took the LSATs. Uh, well, I'll sit out a year, wait a year, then go to law school after a year. And while I was waiting, I thought, you know, I need a job. I got to have a job while I'm, uh, I'm going to go to law school. And I was, had interviewed for some newspapers. And Bruce Motty, the SID Sports Information Director at the University of Michigan, said, hey, there's a job at uh, Eastern Michigan uh, in their sports information department. And I did not want and I didn't think of it as a career, or anything, but I needed a job. So I applied and got it. And uh, I've been doing that kind of work or something similar ever since. And that was back in 1985 when I started at Eastern Michigan.
0: Did you go from Eastern Michigan then? Was that when you went to UW-Green Bay?
1: Uh, I went to UW-Milwaukee.
0: Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Panthers, That's what it was.
1: Yes. Uh, arch rivals of UW-Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, I was five years <laughs> at Eastern Michigan and then, and then went to Milwaukee. Uh, took a flyer on that. They were just a brand new Division One program without football, uh, but I had a chance to be the the director, the sports information director, and later the uh, assistant athletic director in charge of the external operations there. Uh, so I did that. Had a great time in Milwaukee. Was there almost eight years, and from there came to the University of Toledo.
0: And what I find interesting about this is in a world where everybody's constantly upselling, you know, going. Especially in college sports, where it seems like everybody's looking for the next best thing, even, you know, everything from coaches to now players. You've been there since 1998?
1: That's right. I came to Toledo in 1998. Um, At the time, didn't think I would be a lifer. You know, I thought I would be like, I had been five years at Eastern and eight years at UW-Milwaukee. I figured, you know, whatever, I'll work whatever five years here and then go on to the next thing. Uh, but you know, life happens, you know, I got married, had kids, bought a house. My wife started a business and before you knew it, we had roots here and, um, I had a few opportunities to go elsewhere. Uh, but I just decided I liked Toledo. I liked the city. I like the university of Toledo. I like the people I work with. I like my boss. Uh, my wife's business was growing. Everything sort of just kind of shouted, stay here. So I did. And, and I don't regret it. It's been great.
0: one thing and and you've been the primary contact for football since you got there that's correct right i think what's neat is, is you've been able to watch that program grow into you know what it is in in the conference both watch them both grow into kind of what it is today you know mid major yes but they've got their you know almost every game is on tv now and so talk a little bit about how you i mean what's the biggest thing you've seen in the football program from 1998 to 2023, because there's been some big, bit larger names come through there. So talk a yeah, little bit about I mean,
1: that. Right. And, and you know, I've seen all sorts of changes, not just in football, but across the board and all the sports. And, you know, even going back to when I started at uh, Eastern Michigan or the university of Michigan for that matter, as a sports writer, cause I had a lot of experiences there as well. Uh, but as far as the university of Toledo, you know, the, um, there's been a lot of changes, but I think we've been pretty consistent as a program. We we were good from the time I got there, 1998. We won the MAC West Division title. Uh, 2000, we went 10 and one and beat Penn State. 2001, we won the MAC Championship, beat Minnesota that year. Uh, we had a few down years in the late 2000s, uh, 2006 through nine or so, ten. But other than that, we've been pretty good throughout uh what's changed i think you mentioned tv that's changed uh you know we went from it being a kind of a, a rare thing to be on espn to um you know i want to say nine of our games were on national tv last year uh and the, and the ones that aren't on national tv are streamed on espn3 or espn plus so every game is on tv essentially uh so that's different um there's a lot more money in some ways, uh, not not for salaries for communications directors necessarily, but for coaches and and some things have changed for the players. Um, you, you know, things you're probably well aware of and opportunities for the players, um, student athletes to to sort of gain financially. But at its core, it's still the same. It's still college sports. It's still. um. Excitement—it's still uh, rivalries, great games. Um, you know that there's there's always things about your job you're going to like or not like. But I'll tell you what, nothing beats game day, and I, and if it's football or basketball or any other sport, um, you know that's that's the payoff. And um, I think I was at three basketball games this week, two on the road, and it's it's great. It's you know you're sitting. Right, for the two basketball games at Kent State this week, I was right at the scores table, right next to the coach. Uh, it's just a different experience, experiencing a game there and from that location. And uh, so, so, yeah, I, I think in that sense, I feel very lucky to experience that kind of stuff.
0: Has the growth of social media made your job any easier?
1: No, no, harder, way harder. Um, it's, uh, that's one of the areas that's changed. That's gotten different since, since I started, um, the expectations of uh, on communications and marketing departments on how we will be using social media, how much we'll communicate on it, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, we don't do TikTok so much, even though our student athletes do, um, (laughs) YouTube, you name it. Uh, it, it, it's a lot and a lot is expected there. And, um, you know, it's it's the way we communicate now, really, uh, probably more than anything else, especially for our you know, younger demographic. Um, so, no, not. It, and, and when you say easier, I think maybe maybe easier to reach out to our to people and communicate in real time. So, yeah, I would agree with that. But in terms of the, the work that is expected of us, no, definitely not. It's it's uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to do um a lot to do on social media and and it and it is not something that I can do alone by any means we have a whole team we've got our communications team we've got a marketing team um, you know I couldn't even tell you how many people are in marketing now when you talk about um uh, interns students people like that and, and it's it's really a team effort uh, and you know the expectation is that we have a lot of video content in our social media. So you have to have a video crew. That's something new. When I started, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a video operations in in athletics. We do now, you know, we have two full-time people and we have interns um, who do nothing but video for athletics. Um, So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely different. It's a big, it's a much bigger operation than when I started. Is
0: Steve still with you?
1: Steve Easton is still here. he, uh, came a year after I hired him a year after I started in 98 and he is still going strong, handles men's basketball uh, and handles men's and women's golf and, and helps with a lot of things too as well. Helps a lot with football as well. So yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate to have Steve by my side all these years because, uh, you know, if you're going to be successful, you got to have good people around you and having a good number two is critical. And And Steve's been that for me for many, many years.
0: Because I'm pretty sure that it was just you and Steve and an intern and four or five students that first year that I was there.
1: Yeah. What year were you there?
0: My first year would have been the fall of 99.
1: 99. Yes. Yeah. Steve, I hired in the fall of 99. I think I hired him in August of 99. At, prior to that, I was all alone. We, I had two assistants who had quit and we had a hiring freeze. So I went my whole first year um, with just interns and students. Uh, so I was thrilled when I got Steve, and even Steve, I had to hire him kind of on an hourly basis because we still had a hiring freeze. I didn't get to hire him officially until the following year, until two thousand, and then shortly after that, you, uh, I think you were around when you hired Brian to Benedictus as well.
0: Yeah, Brian. he was there. His he was there my second year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we hired Brian, and then we had a you know a respectable three-person staff, which was, kind of was the standard then, three or four people. And uh, I think that so allowed you
0: a- to step back from the secondary sports primarily focusing on football and then managing your office
1: correct correct yeah because up until then I was uh the primary contact for football men's basketball and um and in in division one college there's I don't know if there's anyone that does both sports now you you really need a uh one person to focus on men's basketball one person to focus on women's basketball one person to focus on football and and then kind of spread out the other sports from there but um, yeah, it's if you're going to do a good job and do the the right job for men's basketball, uh, there's just no way you can do football and men's basketball. So, um, it, you know, I love basketball. I go, to I'm at every home game. I go to road games. I'm involved in in, in it, but the day to day work uh, is done by Steve Easton for men's basketball and Chris Cullen for women's basketball.
0: I found in in the midst of my move, I did find my a box and going down memory lane, I found a box of media guides that we did. All right. Um, I was actually able to, I don't know, do you, if you remember Tom Ward? Oh yeah. So Tom's from Defiance. um, And I know Tom's mom, she works for another law firm. um, And we do kind of the same thing. And I was able to give her those media guides just to, just to be nice. So that, that worked out. It was kind of neat, but yeah, I mean, That was, and then it turned out it was so funny that, I mean, I I'm from Hicksville, Ohio. I'd never heard of sports information, and it turns out that a Hicksville, a fellow Hicksville graduate who's a little bit older than me, I believe at that time, Kelby Seiler was at Appalachian State, and eventually went down to Xavier or Cincinnati, one of the two at Mount Saint Joe, down in that area. So I found it interesting that you know there was that connect hometown little connection there. Yeah, that's especially cool. when you don't when you don't know anything about this and that's what it was. I I'll tell you that the biggest thing that I learned and I carry to this day, it, it's how to carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I knew nothing. And you're sending me into press conferences and walking the coaches from the basketball floor to at the end of the game to the press conference. And that's the one thing I've, I, I took, and I still, to this day, it's, it's carry yourself in a professional manner. Yeah. And you may yeah, not remember weird. this, you may not remember this, but I was a big Dan Dockage fan. Okay. <laughs> and cause I grew up, you know, just a hop skipping a jump from the Indiana line. So Indiana basketball, we all watched it as kids and we, we beat them at home that night and I got to walk Dockage from the from the floor to the press conference and I got his autograph on my way through. And you and I had to have an unfortunate conversation after that.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that, but yeah, that wouldn't, that probably wouldn't be professional, but Oh, well. And,
0: and, and, and here's the the best part of that story is fast forward 15 years. Doc has his radio show in Indianapolis. And I usually, I usually listen to it. I called in and told him that story. And he's, I would to call Helgren and give him hell about that. So he that's thought it was funny. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely some, that's the other thing. The, 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 the personalities that have came through the Mac, you know, whether it was Dockich or Pinkle, you know what I mean? Or I can't remember Bob Pruitt. He was kind of not real nice,
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, just well, little things uh, like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we 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 reminisce a lot about some of those uh, old coaches and old players. And luckily, there's still a few people around here that uh, were around have been around the time I've been. Steve Easton me one. The other is Mark Byer, mm-hmm. who was our radio play by play guy. You probably remember Mark. Yep. Um, he retired a few years ago and then now has come back out of retirement and is doing it again. And I like having Mark around because we share a lot of stories about the old coaches about, Uh, One of our favorites of all time, of course, was Tom Amstutz, the uh, head coach of the Rockets (laughs) from 2001 to 2008, Toledo Tom. I mean, just endless stories. We talk, uh, Tom was just a character and just a great guy. A lot of fun. Uh, He made, he really made working uh, with UT football a fun thing. And um, yeah, so then of course, Gary Pinkle was there for three, my first, or yeah, my first three years. That was an interesting experience. He was a great coach, uh, really a a driven guy. Uh, Obviously, went on to tremendous success at Missouri. We're still friends. Um, I talk to him every so often. Uh, Talk to Coach Amstutz every so often. And then you mentioned uh, the Bowling Green coach, (laughs) Dan Dockage. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that, but but, uh, we had we had some real uh, wild games early early in his career. They were doing all right. We had great games later on. the Falcons kind of fell apart, but uh, we had some very emotional games, shall we say, with the Falcons. And there was one game where uh, Dan Doughty and Stan Joplin, our head coach, had words at the scores table right after the game. I don't even remember who won that game, frankly. I, I don't. Maybe the Falcons won it, but uh, yeah. So those were the days. And one of the things I miss a little bit about times like that was. Guys like Dokich or Bob Pruitt were guys that were easy to hate. And and so it made it fun. You know, it made it fun when the, you know, when the coach would come onto the floor and your your crowd would boo. And uh seems like most most of the coaches are are pretty nice now. <laughs> and uh, it's great, you know, all that, but it doesn't get the blood boiling of the fans when when the opposing <laughs> coaches are nice. So we, we miss that.
0: Well, Paul, that's all I've got for you tonight. I, I, oh, I appreciate you taking the time out. Now, folks, Paul and I had originally scheduled to do this back in December, and then the bowl game, we kind of decided just to wait and do it after the first of the year. And um, for those of you who are watching the end of the Toledo uh, bowl game or MAC championship game, that was Paul Helgren standing next to Jason Candle while they were interviewing him. And I tried to get a screenshot. I tried to take a picture real fast, but I I wasn't able to get it. But oh, I, I got
1: screenshots. I got screenshots like almost instantly sent to me. And I remember I looked at the picture, the screenshot, and I said, "Man, I look miserable. I had like a like a such a serious look on my face. We just won the MAG championship, but I know what's going through in my head in that moment is, you know, oh, we got to get coach to wherever and 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 all that. So in that moment, I'm usually a little a little tense, but. There wasn't a whole
0: lot of time for you to celebrate because once the game's over, you're working.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like the main, the first thing is you got to get coach and players in front of the ESPN cameras. And then you got to get them over to the, uh, the, uh, you know, the championship trophy uh, ceremony. And then you got to get them uh, to the post-game interview room. And uh, so, yeah, it's, and it can be a mad scramble on the field with 110 players and people on the. Field and media needing stuff, so uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 really not a time to relax and and celebrate. Really, it's a time to get to work for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, here, here's the last. Here's the one last thing I, I that just kind of came to my mind. I remember. So we did game operations from the from the press box from the third floor of the glass bowl, mm-hmm. and and I remember at 99. The internet was still kind of new then. Yeah. And that's how nobody had smartphones. So I think for most of the home games that first year, my job was to go on the Internet, find out what the scores were, create a Word document and every so often hand those pieces of paper out to everybody with all the scores, max scores and maybe maybe local uh, a Michigan or Ohio State game. Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah, and there was no internet, so we we had oh. to, we had a list of people we had to call every you know score, whether it was the AP or sports ticker, whoever. Anytime there was a score at the quarter, you had to, you know, student like yourself, whoever, have to get on the phone, you know, hit the phone, call them, and say, "Here's the score update from Toledo." It seems very primitive and long, long time ago, but that's how we did it. You know, we there we there was a way. You know, we we got we were able to communicate. Um it just, in today's world, it just seems really funny to have to do things that, uh, I don't know, that awkwardly, I guess. But
0: but I will say the neatest thing that I got to do, because that was normally my job, was to distribute those scores. And I got pulled off of that my second year. We played Weber State at home. Mm-hmm. And the Weber State, I think it was the, because they didn't have a, an analyst. They didn't have a color commentator for their radio. They just okay. had they had the, they had the play-by-play guy and a spotter, their spotter missed the, missed his flight. So he came to you looking for somebody and you sent me into there and I got to sit there and spot for him. And I think we were drilling them pretty good. And they were letting me kind of talk a little bit on the radio. So (laughs) of course, course, (laughs) the the only buddy, nobody that I know possibly could have heard it. I don't even really know where Weber State is. Is You didn't know anyone in Ogden, Utah, or wherever. No, Ogden, Utah. No, I didn't know anybody there.
1: That's funny. So, yeah, forty-nine to nothing. Let's let's see what the stats guy has to
0: say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, our spotter Rob says that it's supposed to snow here tomorrow. (laughs) Anyway, well, thanks, Paul. It's great catching up with you. It's great to see you again. Uh, Appreciate you coming on. Um, Wish you nothing but the best.
1: Likewise, it was a pleasure to be on, and let's stay in touch.
0: That was Paul Helgren, folks. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Deuter Podcast. Welcome back to the Deuter Podcast. Wow, that was a fun time. That was nice catching up with Paul. Um, I don't believe he and I have had any contact really much at all in the last 21 years, 22 years. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's one of my favorite writers. I've read a couple things that he's written. Um, um, outside of just your normal press releases and things like that. But yeah, I've, I really enjoyed working under Paul. He was a, like I said, he was a fantastic boss. I learned a lot from him and it was great. It really was. So, um, yeah, so that's going to do it for this installment of the Deuter podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, we'll be back soon, hopefully. And, uh, we'll be, just come back for your listening enjoyment. Peace. We're out.